didn't um Anne Murray have a song on the Matrix <laughs> Reloaded soundtrack? For sure. For sure. <laughs> To your inner child is an idiot. This is the podcast where we look back on things from our childhood or shortly after our childhood and see if they were any good. My name is DJ. Uh, and my name is Damon. Because I was so mature in 2003. Oh, yeah. Well, I was I was shaving my crustache at that time. So oh, actually, I would have been in college. I don't 21 know. 21 years so. old, man. You would have been potentially 22, maybe not when this came out. Right? Yeah, no, I would have been 21. 2003? Yeah. 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 So I really thought it was like a one two punch with Matrix and then Matrix Reloaded, but I think it was the I realized the gap is between the first one and yeah, the second one, yeah. and then the third one came out the same year as the No, but this is because this was a huge deal one. when it came out because like it wasn't like a movie that seemed like it would have a sequel. It seemed kind of done. Did like, it seem kind of done? I feel like, I mean... It was fighting Elrond in the subway. I mean, I feel like in retrospect, you can... Because especially now when it's like, yeah, everything has a fucking sequel. I don't think... I, I Maybe I... It was just, I'm speaking for myself only and everyone else expected a sequel. But I was like, oh, we're doing a sequel? All right. I love that first one, so let's do it. I mean, it, it is it is something to say that sequels were much rarer then. And even though they left it open-ended, it didn't necessarily mean... I mean, yeah. Super Mario Brothers the movie was also open-ended. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what so, if it didn't? Sorry. <laughs> That's just how all movies end. Yeah. The end. But what if it wasn't? <laughs> okay. I guess. Keep 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 going. Well, I think that's a very I think I think that's just a change in audience perception now is like because you did I feel like a lot of movies did that, like either winking at, hey, the story is gonna continue, or just being like yeah, we're going to leave this now because mm-hmm. it's a movie and we're done. But usually those movies wouldn't didn't make, I don't know, $400 million. million. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's something to be said for that because I feel like also that we're obsessed with sequels now and it's just happening all the time and people are have sequel fatigue, but some even of them, movies that didn't do well get sequels. Yeah. But some of them are really good, so now I'm not immediately turned off by a sequel. I'm kind of like, oh, if the first one is good, you're like, oh, boy, just leave it. But then sometimes I'm wrong. A lot of times I'm wrong. You mean the, then or now? Uh, now, where yeah. even though I'm I'm over the whole sequel thing as well because it's just come up with some new shit, man. But No. But the, yeah. Says Hollywood. Everyone says. No, thank you. No. We keep making new shit, and then you don't see it. And then you don't go to see it. So. You will go see the 18th instance of Batman in as many years. Yeah. Twilight Batman. He's coming. We got. We also have Joker by himself. Yep. We got him talking to Batman's father. You ever wondered them them hanging out together? You ever you ever wondered about that Thomas Wayne mythos? There was a time it's when I, there was a time where I would have been very excited about the Joker movie. Right now, I'm tired. I'm very, I think I am waiting. It's kind of like a dog you want to put down. <laughs> Jeez. That's how I feel about the DC Comics universe where I'm like, just get one more bad movie and we can just end this. And then they always just eke out just one 
good movie yeah. out of 10 and it just perpetuates the whole cycle over again. So they'll have a Wonder Woman. And yeah. I'm like, oh, we got to suffer through 20 more of these fucking things because yeah. they had one good movie that people actually saw and 20 movies no one saw that sucked. But this isn't part of And then of the... Joker will be, but it's technically, it's still it's, a DC, it's still a DC pro- movie. Yeah, it's not but... going to be part of that universe. Okay, and, okay. But it's still going to be like, oh, we can make movies now. That's my impression of DC Comics <laughs> movie wing. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. Back to the Matrix Reload. So these are famously bad, these sequels that we're about to watch. Um, I, I feel like that's what they're mostly known for is that they were not remotely as good as the first one. They are known uh, for their steep drop off. Yeah. Uh, this one. But they are also known for the only reason I gave the original Matrix a good review on the last episode was that I knew these were coming. Uh, right. So by by re- save their it, relationship, you have to give that one a pass. <laughs> if I'm grading on a curve, yeah, I have to. This does contain something I very much liked when it came out, which is the nonsense philosophy speak of the architect. Oh, I love the architect. It's my friend talking like this. My friend Will Hendrick and I memorized some passages. Oh. I don't have oh. them in my brain anymore, unfortunately. But he speaks in total Kierkegaard speak, like just total like... All right, fucker. <laughs> just go to a party and meet some people and relax. He's just in a room full of TVs. What's he supposed to do? This does make me want to like revisit all the the Nietzsche reading that I did and, and be like, <laughs> was this guy just an asshole as well? Because um, if you like really break down, because it's very impressive the words that he uses. Uses. He has a very large. He's very loquacious. He has very large vocabulary. He has the best words. He's got a well trimmed beard. And then. You, when you actually break down what he's saying, you're like, oh, basically, if I remember correctly, he finds out, Neo finds out that this, what's happened, his revolution of waking people up and all that stuff has happened before. And this is... It's happened like 20 times yeah, or something. Yeah, and he's, he's just the latest in an instance, but I don't remember anything else besides that. <laughs> he's very yeah. upset. There's a cool car chase with the ghost twins, with the, the Nelson twins. <laughs> I do remember that. I do, yeah, I remember uh, sort of by the time you get to The Architect, I'm, I was already exhausted by this movie mm, yeah. and I had no idea what was going on. And I think I went to see the third one because I'm like, well, maybe this one will answer my questions. And I remember the third one did not, in fact, I remember liking the third one more than the, the one we're about to watch. I remember liking Revolution. Just because you knew there weren't any more. Well, I th- you knew possibly. there wasn't any more movie to well, go. I think I my expectations were lower. I was like, okay, maybe this is just kind of a a dumb action movie that thinks it's smart as opposed to a smart movie, smart action movie. Right, and it was, and then I was satisfied. So maybe maybe it's better, or maybe I just your heart had already been broken. So you're like, great, exactly. Let's just do this. I just I just want someone who will go to the movies with it's me. It's like Jurassic World 3. Like you went to see Lost World and you're like, what is this? Yeah. And you're like, you know what? Fuck it. Jurassic World 3? Yeah. Fine. Have a talking velociraptor. I don't give a shit. <laughs> now you're thinking of Gremlins 2. Oh. Ooh, I love Gremlins 2. <laughs> we've already talked. We, oh, that's another episode. You don't have to go off on a tangent, Dame. We've already done an episode on it. That's the tangent. Um, just insert all of the Gremlins 2 episode just right here. Okay. I'll just paste it. And we're back. Perfect. Is that is, this is the one with the car chase, right? With the yeah, crazy the, car chase. they the, phase in and out, and then they jump and they hit the thing, and the yeah, and they, the the twins they disappear and they reappear, and then there's like a key master, and then there's a gatekeeper, and we, then Gozer comes back. <laughs> yeah, 
They have to cross yes, the streams. <laughs> I, I also do like that we get Lawrence Fishburne saying Merovingian in this. Oh, I do like the Merovingian scene as well. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Maybe this will be okay. I don't know. I there don't are, think so. I feel like it's, I feel like there are, maybe the matrix can be summed up with a lot of great scenes linked by a lot of stoner philosophy mm. in betwixt. Well, I, I gotta be honest The even though we said uh, spoiler that, uh, I liked the matrix as, as we revisited it, it did not hold up as well as I thought it would. So maybe this will be the opposite thing. Probably not. The anti-matrix, you know, to really understand, you really got to watch the animatrix, uh, the animated um, shorts that sort of take place in the world of the Matrix. Okay. Um, to really just fully flush out the world. Uh, otherwise, you're just sort of, you know, just scratching the surface. Are we supposed to watch that before we watch this? I don't know. I just made up this character just I now. I mean, I know you're I doing... I fleshed out his backstory. I know you're doing a silly voice, but also like, are we watching that? Do we no, we're to not going to watch that. Watch that. Okay. Not, no. Okay. That's a lot, right? Is it? Yeah, we're not going to watch that. Okay. Well, we're, we are going to watch Matrix Reloaded, which is – you see, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a double meaning because you can also <laughs> reload a gun, and they shot many guns in the oh, first movie. I thought movie. it was like reloading a, a, like a program. Like oh, a, yeah, you can do that too. See, many, many layers. But you can't revolution a program. Can't or you? Or a gun. I guess guns can be involved that, in revolutions. Yeah. See? <sighs> Just think about it. I feel, feel like you're maybe just not deep enough to get this, Damon. Yeah, I'm probably just stupid. That's probably what it is. We are going to watch The Matrix Reloaded. It's on Hulu as of the recording of this podcast. Don't know about it anymore. I mean, wherever you are, do I can't, your own research. I can't account for all time. Yeah. Just people, look it up. People. <laughs> you're looking for match game. You type in M-A-T, and then all of a sudden you see that Matrix... <laughs> Reloaded is on there, and you're like, oh, I should tell DJ so we don't have to, like, get his wife's DVD out again, which is just full screen rather than widescreen, because there was that weird time when we were buying yeah. DVDs, and we were, like, kind of anti-full screen for a bit, because we thought we were being ripped off, but in fact, it was just our TVs are a different, you know, dimension aspect than, ratio. than aspect mm-hmm. ratio than than movie screens, and so you were actually losing out. See, I was actually looking up matcha recipes, stuff. which was misguided to look <laughs> Why up. Why would on, Hulu have it? I, you just saw that. the green and you were like, oh, this is probably a Let good Let me place. save you all a lot of searching time on Hulu. No matcha recipes. So, But they do have Matrix Reloaded. So we're going to watch that now. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Look, we can't just be coming up with commercials all the time. We have to come up with content. So check out You're in a Child is an Idiot. No, wait. Patreon.com slash You're in a Child is an Idiot and yeah. uh, sign up. You actually can go to You're in a Child is an Idiot.com. It'll oh, redirect. Well, yeah. I was going to do You're in a Child is an Idiot slash Patreon, which doesn't work. No. Don't that do that. That won't work. Don't do that. But we should probably set up a redirect so that does work. Sure. Don't do it. I don't know. We'll don't see what it. I can do. Uh, you can become a patron. You can uh, help support the show and uh, it'll be great. We'll keep making the show. You keep giving us money. Tit for tat. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to do your tit first before we do our tat. Yeah. Actually, we'll probably still do the tit. We'll do our tat, but it would be nice if you threw in some tit. Yeah. I mean, we're going to do the tat no matter what. Let's I mean, honest. yeah. My mom's very disappointed that I just keep doing tat <laughs> for no tit. So if you could give some tit, that would be nice. All right, I'm really uncomfortable now.
back. We have reloaded our brains with fresh content. We've stuck those needles into our ports, in our heads. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And elsewhere. And something that never gets any more comfortable the more I watch it. There are less instances of there is, needle stabbing into head. There is less port. It's a less port-heavy movie. Yeah. Uh, and not as much body horror as the last time. Now that we've said that, I, I remember how much grossness there is in the first one. Yeah. Damon, will you please uh, recap, recapitulate this movie for me? I will recapitulate this movie for you. Thank you. But at a cost. Oh, boy. I will recap the plot of this movie. And you, dear sir, Dionysus. I'm sorry? Jacobian Phillips Uh will tell me, you will recap what the architect says to Neo. What he says? Yeah. Oh. Just sum up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, no problem. You got the, the easy end of the deal. I can do that right now. Do you want me to just go ahead and skip to it? No. Or? Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Matrix Reloaded. Yeah. Colon, <laughs> the squeakle. <laughs> Chipwrecked. <laughs> All your favorites are back. You got your Neos. You got your Morpheuses. Uh-huh. You got your Trinities. Mm-hmm. You got your Agents Smith. Mm-hmm. You've got your Niobes. You've oh, got she's my your favorite. Commissioner West. Uh-huh. You've got your Commander Locke. Uh-huh. You've got your Z. You've got your Lynx. Yeah. You've got your weird mousy guy who's not the same mousy guy as different, the last mousy different guy. Different mouse guy. Yeah. All your favorites. Um, and they are. The movie opens actually with Trinity falling out of a window. No. Blam, blam, blam. She's shooting at an agent. Blam, blam, blam. She gets shot. She theoretically dies, but then we realize it's just a dream that Neo's been oh, having over and over and over again. Just a dream. They're on the Nebuchadnezzar, and they arrive at Zion. You're so good at saying Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. It's because I was... DJ, I mean, I don't like to bring it up, but I was a religious studies minor, so... I think they were just like, just skip the D. Nebuchadnezzar. 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 Um, it's like people who are like February and you're like, okay, just, I know you know how to spell okay. it. We're all very proud of you. I don't know how often you say February. This February, would you like to go pick raspberries with me? <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> I doubt it's a problem. <laughs> oh, I believe this conversation is bombing. Uh, I'm recapping this skein from the movie. Yes. Please They arrive at Zion, which is the home of all the dematrixed people in mm-hmm. the world. Dematrixed. Uh, and they have a fun little time uh, because all the uh, matrixes... Uh, Matrices. Their, their ships are coming to destroy Zion. Morpheus is like, don't worry, because I am a zealous fanatic about yeah. a religion only I believe in. <laughs> Uh, let's all have a rave, and they do, and it's gross. Yeah. Uh, and they decide to, hey, why don't we go see the Oracle? And they do, and she says a bunch of gobbledygook to Neo, who then has to fight a zillion... <laughs> you thought that was gobbledygook? <laughs> Just wait, my friend. <laughs> then he has to fight a zillion smiths, and then, uh, because the Oracle told him to, he goes to find the key master, who is a hostage of the Merovingian, a rogue program... Uh, that a is a rogue rogue program. Is he a rogue program? I think he's a program. He the is Oracle a program. I don't program. know if he's the a Oracle. Oracle's also a program, which we learn. Right. 
Um, Merovingian is holding on to the Keymaster, who uh, the Keymaster can make. Keymaster. Guess what? Also a program? No, wait, sorry. Keymaker. Keymaker, yeah. Keymaster is Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Uh, Keymaker can make a key so that Neo can get into uh, the source. Where he follow is, all that good, where is destined to go, um, and after a extended freeway fight, he gets there, <laughs> and uh, he meets the architect, a uh, very uh, played by not Donald Sutherland, <laughs> a man who has the, a voice that smells of uh, an old English library and whiskey, and uh, there he is given a choice to either save Trinity's life and risk the lives of every human connected to the Matrix or start again and essentially reboot the Matrix for the seventh time, as we learn. He chooses to save Trinity, who uh, is in the middle of dying, as prophesied at the beginning of the movie. He saves her by shoving his hand into her ones and zeros, pulling out a bullet, restarting her heart, and then he uh, flies away and... We find out the way they have 24 hours to uh, save Zion from the machines coming the to get him. Yeah. yeah, the Sentinels. That's the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. That's the arbitrary I'll, term I'm looking for. I only remember it because that's also the big machines in X-Men. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's how the movie ends? He shows he has powers. Oh, yeah. He really can important. stop things, I guess. He, he The Sentinels destroy the Nebuchadnezzar and coming after them and he stops them in the real world. Neo right, does. not in the Matrix world. So Which he has powers. Kind of a big what? It's kind of a big what. Um and then it ends basically. Right. And also that guy that Smith took over has been saved or something. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, Smith did you already say that? Smith no. got into the real world inhabiting a body of a crew member of some Jada other Pinkett shit. Smith's shit, I think. Somebody should. It makes perfect sense when you think about it. It it did very much. It ended in a very like Empire Strikes Back kind of way where we're like, well. Except I still <laughs> knew. I, I generally had a beat on what was going on. Yeah. Where everyone was. I mean, that's the end. Uh, that's the only. Other than it's the middle part of the trilogy. That's the main comparison is that they both kind of end where you're like. Like, it's not like a right. uh, an ending. It's a. It's transition. A it's a it's transition. A act yeah. two. I mean, that yeah. makes perfect sense. Right. Which is rare in these movies. So, I mean, when when you have a moment that makes perfect sense, just go with it. <laughs> it's true. Teach, um, lay it on me. What what uh what do you like? What you didn't like? Okay. What stuck out? You just want? Do you want to recap what the architect says later? Oh yeah. Oh, you know what? Go ahead. By all means, tell me what the architect says. Okay. So, uh, this is my best guess because it's it's dense. So. If somebody's steeped in the Matrix mythology and you want to correct me, don't. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> but but uh, this is me acknowledging that I might be getting some of this kind of wrong because it's a little hard to follow. Intentionally so, which is a weird intention. But um, Especially in a scene that's a lot of dialogue. and It's basically full-on exposition, like, but yeah. also like I don't know how in a movie theater – most people didn't go like, can we pause this for a second? Can we just all get in small groups and sort of recap yeah. this? But by the end of it, you know what you know that he has a choice. He can either, as you said, he can either go save Trinity or something. Yeah. The alternative is not super clear, but Pick basically. seven males and seven females and restart the city of Zion or something? Yeah. So 
What we learn, the big thing that we learn is that this is, we are in reality way farther in the future than we were led to believe. Um, it's a guess, like uh, IMDb says 2699, but that's a guess. Like uh, in the first movie, Morpheus says it's closer to the year 2199. So it's way farther in the future than Morpheus thinks it is. And what's been happening is, so Architect created the Matrix. He's, mm-hmm. a, he's a program created by whatever. By the machines. By the machines. So he is uh, the program that's meant to create the Matrix, and they created a perfect world for the humans to live in, and they rejected it, which we learned in the first movie. And so they made it a little bit less perfect, a little (laughs) bit shitty, and it still didn't work. And But um, they found that – so the Oracle was a different program that was in the Matrix, and she – analyze the psychology of humans for some reason. And so she found that a way to kind of pacify them was to use hope. So they had to have something to hope in, even in a shitty world. So they made the world shittier, but gave them hope. Uh huh. And that seemed to work, but there's an anomaly in the system. And then the anomaly is the one Neo in this case. And I guess it's always Neo. I don't know, but it's, it's, there's, it's always played by Keanu Reeves because <laughs> um, we see a bunch of screens with his past self. So this has happened six, this is the sixth iteration of the one. And every time, uh, they, the one comes to the source, has this conversation with the architect and then chooses to go back into the matrix to save in this case, Trinity, but I guess in other well, he does go back every time to go back and yeah, save they show, Kennedy? On the screen, they show him walking in the same direction every time. He always ah. goes back into the Matrix. So he could reboot. And I don't know why, because they're both things that the machines want them to do. So I, it's unclear what the cho- other choice, because he would get to reboot it, and this time Zion gets destroyed. But Zion also gets destroyed in the other scenario, it seems like. I'm not I'm not clear on that. But... Yeah. Yeah, it's... it. I mean... I would have to hear that again, I guess. But each each time he goes back, this is the first time that it's been ind- individual love that has brought me back, brought him back, and not just saving humanity in general. Or right, empathy for all humankind. Yeah. So basically, they keep using this to pacify humans. They're sacrificing some people. Will wake up from the matrix and they'll start Zion and have this community of people. The machines are willing to sacrifice some people in order to keep most. most of humanity pacified so they'll continue to be their batteries right so that's that's the basic gist of this is that this is all part of the program right they're not they're not bucking the trend as morpheus right thinks they are this is all part of the plan right that's the real twist So so the the one originally wasn't something they planned but they're using it they're like Oh, this is a bug in the system, but instead of we can control the bug, basically. Right. Find a way to sort of funnel the bug yeah. into what you need it to do. Yeah. So that's basically what he says. Classic as far as I architect. Yeah. Uh, according to IMDb trivia, asterisk, common asterisk, <laughs> uh, Sean, Sean Connery was offered the role of the architect, but turned it down because he did not understand the script, which. Fair, Sean. It could be true, and that would be a fair thing, but that's also something I heard about. Uh, Sean Connery being offered the role of Gandalf the Grey in The Lord of the Rings and also turning it down because he didn't understand what it was, which means that either Sean Connery doesn't understand things (laughs) or uh, some of these might be made up. It's very high chance it's made up. But also, you know, I think we forget that um, 
some actors are idiots, and he might be an idiot. I have no idea. I mean, he was in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, so I mean, this he is the might be an idiot. Best role I've ever played in my entire career. I'm called Alan Quartermain, <laughs> and I'm gonna be in a movie with Dorian Gray as the villain. <laughs> what? What? This makes sense. I won't be your wizard. Wait, so, it's wait, what? Become, wrong one. It's actually becoming Ian McKellen, which is the exact opposite of what I wanted to be. Um, I don't know if you noticed in this movie, Matrix Reloaded, <laughs> not um, they had more money to spend on this oh, making this movie. Christ. Did you notice? I noticed it from the minute the credits started rolling. They, it was out of control. They went ham on those credits. <laughs> Yes, they had a lot of goddamn money. Every shot was from a ridiculous camera angle. Yeah. Everything seemed tweaked by CGI. There were portions of this movie that just looked like a straight-up video game. They built their own fucking highway at one point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it dripped of money. Yeah. Cornell West was there for some reason. What the fuck are you what doing What are there? you doing here? <laughs> Cornell, knock it off. He Don't doesn't care. Do other stuff. You got better stuff to do. He didn't know. We didn't know yet. <laughs> Got some new characters immediately jumping into the fray here. Uh-huh. We've got Walt, um, otherwise known as Michael from Lost, Harold, <laughs> Harold Perrineau. Okay. Is that Link? Yeah. Okay. I never Link. watched Lost. Um, yeah, pass. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Much like The Matrix, it starts out strong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got JPS. Yes. Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, those are the main new ones. <laughs> wow, the list, the list, it seemed like it would be longer. Yeah. And then it just sort of stopped. Well, the way that they introduce, they do eventually explain it, but at first you're like, who the fuck is this guy? The link just kind of comes out of yeah. nowhere. But at the same time, you're like, I guess those other people that were driving the ship did die. <laughs> or were movie. villains. Yeah. So it makes sense that they would have some new. Although it members. seems like a very slimmed down. Uh, crew on the Nebuchadnezzar. Just three of them, right? It's just, yeah, it's just Link, Trinity, well, Morpheus, and Neo. So four of them. Oh, four, Whereas right. last time we had Bleach Blonde Lesbian, we yeah. had uh, Mouse. Michael Panton, Joe Pantoliano, we had Bulldozer, we had Bebop, we had Rocksteady. <laughs> Krang. <laughs> we had Donna Reed, we had Lucille Ball. Um, we had all your favorites. Yeah. Wiley Coyote, Roadrunner, mm-hmm. Mousy. Pebbles Foxy and Loxy. Bam Bam. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you th- we, we get some Superman CGI pretty early on. So I know we, we do do this. So do. I don't – we do, 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 do. We do sometimes make fun of CGI in movies and I, it always – I feel like it's always a little bit of a grain of salt because it's like it's now. It's the present time. Yeah. But this – was bad when it came out. I remember that was one of the things people being like, that was really cool, kind of. (laughs) Yeah, no, I remember uh, spotting it. Um, It's especially obvious um, uh, with, what's his name? Keanu Reeves, the star of the movie. Um, (laughs) Dogstar. Lead singer of Dogstar and uh, breakout star of Bram Stoker's Dracula. He has a few scenes. There's the scene where he fights a zillion Smiths. Yeah. There's a few scenes where he's flying. Yes. Um, and uh, in those scenes, oh, there's one common element that he is wearing a very long priestly trench coat. Yeah. 
Um, that's his look. That's his look. And to quote Tim Gunn, it's a lot of look. <laughs> uh, literally, fabric wise, it's a lot of look. It's pretty good. Because uh, the problem is, I, my hand even went up unnaturally. <laughs> like it's a lot of look. Santino, it's a lot of look. He, when he gets um, touched up by CGI, I don't think I would have noticed it in 2003 in his face so much. Right. But the fabric of that coat looks like video game fabric. It looks wrong. It's Something's, all it's very too cut, thick and cut too scene in a video heavy. Game. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which isn't and, to say that that isn't cool in its own way, but when you put it against live action, it's like... And the problem is, like, there are other scenes, the other shots in those same scenes where he's being, like, knocked against things, and his coat, you know, is flying past him, and it's actually being filmed, and I'm like, that's what the coat looks like, and then it cuts to a CGI scene, I'm like, and that is what the coat does not look like. Right. Um, And it's very distracting, and even at the time, like you said, I noticed it. Yeah. That's bad. That's no good. I I think you can't watch this movie without talking about that, because that's... It's such a spectacle. And I think the first movie, you know, we have a whole episode where we talk about its faults. Uh, But, you know, it's the same thing with like the original Jurassic Park versus the sequels. It's like they were they like double down on the CGI. And you're like, no, part of what made it work is that you did so many practical things. Now, it was Mm -hmm. out of necessity the first time, maybe. But still, it there's something about that that it's so much better now, the CGI that you can get away with. You keep getting away with a little bit more. Each right. passing year, each passing day, probably, but still, it's still like not quite at the point. There's that uncanny valley, and this is like full of uncanny valley. It's not even uncanny valley because it's not close to. It's human. like an uncanny Great Plains. Yeah, exactly. There's no like high rises in the distance. There's that, just that flatland. Agent Smith fight scene, the the which is like, you know, and it's a tentpole of, of the movie. Yeah, in terms of the choreography, you know, and whatever there are it is a fun scene but it's fun there are jarring moments but it is it does not look good yeah at all and it's like the the river scene in the hobbit movie the new hobbit (laughs) like you're like what the fuck and that's way more unexcusable inexcusable because it's so much later because it's happening now yeah this was what that was what like and that's another example of like the first lord of the rings movies like we're gonna do a lot of practical effects and then the hobbit movies are like we're just gonna do all cgi Fuck well, off. They're like, I don't really want to do this. <laughs> but you you backed a dump truck of money up to my <laughs> driveway, and it's all I could do. What do they say about the life you save? I don't know what they say, because the movie never tells me. Uh, Is that we, a common phrase? The life you save annoys the shit out of you for the rest of your life. Um, for like one scene, and then we never see that guy again. Well, two scenes. He gets like two scenes. Right. Uh, when when uh, Neo and Trinity and the rest of the Nebuchadnezzar crew, a.k.a. the other two, yeah. uh, arrive at Zion, this little sort of squirrely kid is chasing after Neo. And the movie, this is what annoys me because, again, it, there's a big gap between The Matrix and this one. So when I saw this one, I'm like, was he from the last movie and I forgot yeah. something? Um, but he is a new character to this movie and he follows Neo around and apparently he saved the animatrix. I don't know. I can't answer any questions about, please direct your animatrix questions to Matrixopedia or whatever. (laughs) Um, it's called (laughs) Wookopedia for some reason. It answers also matrix questions. Um, but I don't even know if we got his name, but he follows Neo around like a little puppy dog because Neo saved his life and, I don't know him from Adam. I don't know who the fuck he's supposed to be. 
And then she says, Trinity says something, you know what they say about the life you save? And then he's and like... And I screamed out, no, please tell me. What? Yeah. I just wondered if that was a phrase that I just didn't know. I got a little annoyed in the first Zion scene. You? <laughs> um, when they first... I mean, Zion is alluded to in the first movie, but we never right. see it. And this is the first time we actually get to see it. And when the Nebuchadnezzar uh, arrives, Good. you always want to swallow in the middle of the Nebuch- word. Nebuchadnezzar. Um, <laughs> when they arrive at Zion, there's like air traffic controllers... In this sort of minority report, but also like hand-drawn room somehow. It's all pure white. It's the cleanest place you've ever seen. They're all like natally dressed in these beautiful like gray suits. And it made me go, why the fuck is everyone else dressed like literal garbage if you can get your hands on these things for air traffic controllers, essentially? They're like, yeah, Nebuchadnezzar, you're clear to land. I'm like, why are you dressed in the best clothes in the fucking county? They're like the only, you know, prototype futuristic thing in the entire movie. I, I... yeah, they're they doing like this minority of, report, like nonsense. Yeah. They're like pushing invisible keyboards. Also, there's like 30 ships. That, they even said there's like, there's not that many ships left. Yeah. I, it was really weird. They spent a lot of time on that whole landing sequence. It yeah. was the same thing like at, with the, with the uh, title sequence where you're like, okay. Like yeah. it was, you could tell people were the like. The opening credits are very long. Four years since this last movie come out came out, and we're very excited for this. So let's kind of like jizz all over the first ten minutes of this movie. <laughs> it's just very much like, what are we doing right but now? But it doesn't match anything else about that. Zion. Is super weird. Like the, it's just yeah. ju- it's just like look what we can do. We did this thing. I'm like good. Save it for another movie where it fits. <laughs> because when we actually get Speed to racer. Zion, and I think this is a conscious choice. Um, everyone's like, oh man, it's good to be home, home sweet home. I love this town, and it looks like. Shit. It looks like everyone lives in a rusted out pipe organ. Everything looks terrible. Well, they're essentially living in the sewers. Right. Yeah. Um, but I mean the 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 camera sort of pans lovingly like down, and I'm like, it looks like we're in someone's lower intestine. (laughs) What are we doing here? (laughs) Do I but uh Zion also just it looks like a terrible place to live in general, at least for someone like me. It's the only place to live. True. Um, I would, I mean, first off, let's face facts. I would totally stay in the matrix. I'm like, thank you Morpheus for your offer. Uh, but I'm just going to have to go. I can't, I like eating pasta. I can't, I can't just eat sludge all day unless I can be an air traffic controller. Now, if there's job openings, I would love that little gray suit. Maybe those are like the, the elite, you know, the ones who were like on the fence and they were like, I'll make you a deal. Yeah. (laughs) If you, Unplug from the Matrix and climb out of your pink goo sack. <laughs> you get to be an air traffic controller. Hold on. Let me explain the job. <laughs> I don't know. That's not such that a great. That still sounds terrible and high stress from what Keep I learned cutting about. the funding and then wondering why there's more accidents. I don't understand. Um, if I learned anything from pushing tin, <laughs> there's a high suicide rate for air traffic controllers. So could... Trinity and Neo not fuck on the ship? Why were they, like, so horny for each other when they got to... I mean, I understand they, like, recently, you know, found love. But, like, they were sharing a cabin on the... You're telling me they didn't right, get, unless, go to Pound I mean, Town on there? 
uh, Lauren did suggest that maybe, um, maybe that wasn't a cabin they were sharing, but that was just like the sleeping quarters for everyone, which might make sense. But the movie didn't make that clear because the movie opened. Yeah. The movie opened with them like in bed together. It's sort of like, you know, spooning each other, which hints to me. I'm like, Oh, they are having an active and healthy sex life. Yeah. I'm sure. I mean, like, I'm sure it's not like the most comfortable place to get down, but still like, they, they Zion like, doesn't look that comfortable either. Yeah, they acted like a couple of 15-year-olds that are like, yeah, I don't know. They just got back, you know, oh, school's back in session, we can make out. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a weird, like, when I was younger, I just accepted it. I was like, oh, of course. But as, I'm, as an older man, I'm like, just fuck. Yeah. Why do you have to wait until you're in an elevator? And also, on top of that, like, wait two minutes and get into your apartment and fuck. Yeah. <laughs> now you know we're old. <laughs> You know, wait, first, okay, well, floss. You're going to want to floss. Have a nice dinner, but not too soon after dinner. Cause you wanna oh, yeah, you want to, you want to, yeah, you want to uh, fart and get it all that. Don't have a heavy dinner. Maybe fuck before dinner. Yeah. You know, the great thing about being, you know, having a healthy sex life is just talk it out. Yeah. Just put, you know, put it on, put the chili on the stove. Well, that's, it's fuck before the chili. Fuck before the chili. If I can teach you anything, children, it's fuck before the chili. And then because they're so kissing so passionately. In the ensuing scenes, we got two separate spit string instances, oh, and I oh. don't appreciate it. <laughs> I know it happens, but it, yeah, gross. But usually you can't see it because you're looking at the other. You don't. You can feel it, and you're like, I'm not going to look you down got there. Spit strings and a sweaty foot rave, like. Oh my Get god! The fuck away from me, everybody. Zion. That's what I wanted to say. Zion looks like the worst because take it, machines. <laughs> Kill us! Kill, Kill us. everyone. This we don't just, deserve this. I can smell it through the TV. Just get rid of it. Jam put, shit on, into all my ports. Take us. Put, I'll be your double A. Patchouli and uh, sweat and foot. There's this mud. one scene where this guy, like, his, he, like, he has these long dreads and he whips his hair back and just, like, water is, like, like he's fucking Bo Derek and just water <laughs> is, like, flying. I'm like, ah, I don't see a bucket of water around, so that's your sweat. You're, I'm just dancing next to you. I'm one of the, the multi-culti lesbian couples dancing in your general vicinity, and now I'm covered in your dread sweat. Two things. One, I'd rather watch all of the body horror of the first movie on a loop <laughs> than ever watch that scene again. Uh, and they're like feet are in the mud and the music is terrible. <laughs> Welcome to the future, bud. <laughs> Two, what? Okay, so. And my only other option is to like fuck in the catacombs with Trinity and Neo fucking like they've... <laughs> They were like learning it from a manual. And I mean that literally because at one point when Neo presumably orgasms, Keanu Reeves displays his noted range once again. And he just looks like he's looking at fine print on a legal document. He, he made the face when he came, the same face that I make when I open my car engine, the hood to look at my car engine. Like, oh, yeah, you're going to need some uh, oil. <laughs> <laughs> um, the second thing. Is what, what purpose, okay, besides grossing me out, like what was the purpose of that scene? Showing that they're, so I, you know, we end with the reason Neo makes that face is he flashes to Trinity's death, the vision again. But all the lead up to that, it was like, what was the, what, what was the showing that, that humanity is surviving with raves that 
there's still love. Is that is that the point of that scene? Well, I mean, you could it say on for a while. If, if we want to bring in your theory of the architect's speech, it could be look at their hope. Mm. Look at how, you know, okay. I mean, because Lawrence Fishburne begins that scene by giving a speech that says the machines are coming to kill us all. Let's show them we're all still alive. Let's remind them that we're all mm, still okay. here. And then okay. they all rave fuck for what seems like, I don't know, this is a rough estimate, 45 minutes? Yeah, it's a it's a bit. But I, w- I would say it would probably play into the hope uh, theme of the okay. movie. All right. It just didn't, I guess, maybe because of the uh, sweat. It didn't seem Probably very because of the to me. sweat and the spit strings uh, and the slow motion fucking and the uh, orgasm face it was distracting from the hope because you just wanted to murder every human you've ever known. Mm. Um, Got to see a couple nips, though. So. You did see a few nips. Actually, I think you saw one nip and it was the same twice. nip twice. <laughs> so I'm, count- I'm counting as two nips. Um, But Zion looks like my own personal hell Everyone's wearing a lot of beads Looks unpleasant Tank tops, bare feet, and sweat (laughs) And it's just, it's basically Burning Man Basically is what's happening Yeah, Coachella in a cave Yeah Oh, I do want to mention one other thing that I thought was kind of interesting About the sequel that sort of Uh plays into one of our criticisms of the first movie is that Morpheus is sort of this uh, all-knowing philosopher in the first movie. Yeah. And then when he get, arrives back in Zion, we sort of realize that he's kind of an outlier with yeah, the group. Right. Where he's more of a religious almost zealot. everyone is just sort of like, oh, fucking Christ with the Morpheus garbage yeah. again. Um, especially Commander Locke, who is... Stacked. I don't actually don't know how this, this power Barack structure... Obama. Stacked Barack Obama. But he is a commander... I guess he's sort of like the the Secretary of Defense is I assume yeah, how it's I guess. I mean it's like And then there's a council yeah. but then there's a high commissioner who's that old white man. Yeah, he's basically the head the head of the council. Right? And there's that white dreaded woman. She's and Cornell just, West is also there. Yeah, they're just members of the council, I guess. And then Whoopi Goldberg, but specifically Whoopi Goldberg from Star Trek the Next Generation. She's also on the council at least twice. So But I, I thought mean, that was an interesting play. Like I I, I yeah. one of the things that I think this movie does adequately is um expand on how everyone's relationship interplays with other people and other ships how they might be run and makes morpheus more of an anomaly and sort of explains retroactively why smith and his cohorts in the first movie would be so obsessed with finding morpheus specifically right yeah because they he's at least associated with the one, the anomaly. He's associated with one. He's really interested in the Oracle where everyone else is like, fuck the Oracle, stay here, keep your fucking ship here so we can fight these goddamn machines that are coming. Yeah. You know, obviously in the mythos of this reality, Morpheus is kind of right. And what remains to be seen, because I honestly don't remember what happens in the third movie, which is kind of nice because um, we're going to watch it. Um, but he's kind of right, but also he's also right in the sense that it doesn't matter how many ships are there. They have so many sentinels coming. They have 250,000 right. sentinels. There's no way. One ship won't make a difference. Although yeah. he his his disobeying of orders causes two more ships to leave as well. Right. Yeah. Um which and then, I think they only have 12 ships. And one don't of the main yeah, I don't remember. But the main reason that they fail so quickly at least is because Agent Smith is inhabiting a crew member and he right sabotages the whole thing. So it's all a little 
muddy. Well, and the other thing that we sort of Morpheus is again knocked down a few notches um, at the end of the movie when he finds out that his reliance on the Oracle and all that, you know, mumbo jumbo um, is actually a trick. He yeah. thinks it's breaking the matrix, but it's actually uh, a part, part of, of the matrix, yeah. which was also fun to watch him resist learning that lesson. It's almost like we need the machines and they need us. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. For a movie that just sort of says thing. I mean, okay. So let me explain what you're referencing. <laughs> uh, while we're still at Zion, uh, Keanu Reeves is having trouble sleeping. Cause you know, Visions. he keeps seeing his girlfriend die. Would Fair. you keep anyone up at night? Yeah. Um, and the high commissioner, old white man walks by and he's Eyebrows. like, would you like some company? He certainly does not talk like that. <laughs> two, two bits for your thoughts. <laughs> I was knee high to a horse's ear. Wait, that's really high. That actually makes no sense. <laughs> knee high okay. to a horse's ear. Uh, he comes up and he's like, "Would you like?" To, sometimes I like to walk in the engineering room. Would you like to join me? And Keanu Reeves is like, "Yes." Uh, so they go to the engineering room and the, the man uh, starts talking about the machines. And he's like, what's interesting about these machines is uh, we created them to keep us alive uh, and they need us to stay alive. Isn't that interesting that we have these machines that are keeping us alive and there's a bunch of machines on their way to here to kill us? And Keanu Reeves like is like, yeah, so? These machines are different. And he's like, well, how so? And Keanu Reeves is like, we could unplug these machines at any time. And the high commissioner goes, well, yes, we could, but then we would die because they clean our water and they clean our air and they do all this other stuff. And it's just like, it's just underscored 600 times. Like, I get it. The irony of these machines keeping you alive. You need machines to live and machines need us to live. I get it. And what's frustrating is this movie just courses through a bunch of exposition. But on this scene, they're like, no, I don't think people are understanding yet. <laughs> Have him say it again. It's just exhausting. It's, it's yes. really driving the point home. Yeah, they, it's weird that they spend so much time on this and not explaining like things that actually kind of matter to the mythology and plot. It's like you didn't want to, I don't know, give uh, translation to what the architect says, but you want to, yeah, I mean, yeah, we need a water, water filtration system. Got it. Or we'll die, I understand. So I guess they can't get into the Matrix from Zion. Is that what I'm supposed to believe? I, yeah, I mean, that was one of the one of the aspects is like that was confusing is... So one of the, the reasons that – so the reason Morpheus wants to leave is they get a call, quote, quote, from the Oracle. Yeah. And so they take the Nebuchadnezzar away, and then if pl- the next shot is them plugging into the Matrix and, you know, going to see the Oracle. I'm like, can I mean, you'd think you'd have, like, ports set up in Zion. Why do you have to get in your ship and go away if Was you there, just maybe hop missed- into the Matrix and you're wherever you want to be? Maybe I missed a reason, like that they don't want machines to trace them or something, but I just didn't ever hear that. Explanation. Yeah, it was very weird. And then, I mean, then because the Nebuchadnezzar is gone, they send two other ships to go find the crew. But I'm like, again, they find them eventually in the Matrix. So why do you have to like take your ship away? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. What did you think about uh, the reappearance of uh, Glofo, our last appearance, the Oracle? Gloria Foster. Oh. Um, I call her Glofo. A badass Glofo. As of right now. 
Um, she was again charming. She was definitely selling the nonsense she was spewing. You mean that all ghosts, angels, vampires, and aliens are actually glitches, like rogue programs in the Matrix? Is that what you mean? Actually, that was the best explanation so far. <laughs> I mean, that actually worked for me because it's like, yeah, I mean, sort of like deja vu, even though that was a lot like deja vu to me, where you're like, okay, fine. Well, I mean, it, it sort of makes it. It actually gives it some grounding in our understanding sure. rather than just like a white guy in a white suit just talking for 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, so her saying, you know, if you ever hear, talk to someone who's seen a ghost, they're actually probably describing seeing a glitch or a program, an errant program in the Matrix doing whatever it wants. It's been assimilated into the Matrix, but it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. Um, that actually tracked with me. I'm like, okay, that's a, that's like using your philosophy or your your world building to explain something that we might be more familiar with that right. weird coworker. Who's like one time I moved to picture frame and then the next day it was slightly moved to the left. And I'm like, Oh, my grandma's starting to tell me something. <laughs> I'm like, no, you, you probably knocked that. Your cat probably fucking knocked the picture frame. What are you insane? You think that the dead are in your apartment, knocking your picture frames about. And your grandma's like, I think the best way to get a, a message to Jennifer is to move the picture frame slightly. <laughs> just talk to me. Why are you still old when you're dead, Grandma? Yeah, do you just, is it whatever you were when you died? Is I that- feel like you uh, get to go to the ghost afterlife. It's sort of like yeah. a blackjack table. Okay. Or not a blackjack table, but a roulette wheel. Oh, okay. And you're like, you spin it, and whatever number it lands on, that's the age not you the are age. as a ghost. Okay. So you want to hit that. Probably like I would say twenty nine to thirty four range. No, that's different from for force ghosts because <laughs> <laughs> whatever you were when you were burned on a lava planet. <laughs> oh boy! This, oh boy! That was the first thing that I wrote down during that that whole oracle. Thing. So that like, bothered you? Why did that bother you? Mythology more than me? getting deep. Uh, this that was the beginning of the okay. We're gonna do more now because. Or, well, the Oracle, like, sets up How the... you interact with the movie. Oh, okay, so we're going to be doing more now. <laughs> we're not going to do less for the rest of the movie. <laughs> well, because it, it, the, the movie at the beginning sort of sets up the real-world stakes of, you know, the machines coming and Zion existing and sort of... And right. the second half of the movie is kind of the Oracle sets up the in-matrix stakes of what they have to do. They have to find the key maker. right. And the keymaker is going to get them to the source. But the in order to get the keymaker, they have to see the Merovingian because he has the keymaker. He's holding him hostage, yeah. And so the key, when the keymaker goes to the source, he's going to something. Well, she's also – she's like, that's where your journey ends. She's like, you'll know when you get there, which, of course, like – no one knows when Does any- she say you'll know when you get no there? No one knows when anyone gets anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and whenever someone says some that something like that to me, oh, you'll know it when you see it. I'm like, am I knowing it when I see it? What if I saw it and I didn't know it? Or what if I'm just so overly conscious that I'm assuming that I'm seeing it now, but it's actually something further down the road? It's uh, like it that- just that's the one. Just describe things. Just like use your words. GPS says like go two point two miles. Yeah, you'll know it when you see it. Okay, cool. Uh, go 2.2 miles, and then it's a little jog to the right. Oh, you've gone too far. Um, there's one thing I, I do want to emulate in real life from this movie. 
um, besides just crashing into every car I see on the highway, uh, <laughs> very elaborate uh, car scene. Um, and when they're inside the Matrix, the uh, it's uh, Trinity. Uh, they're going to go get the keymaker, I think. And Trinity and Neo and uh, Morpheus are in the elevator, and they walk in, and then these. Real life people like come to get in the elevator and Morpheus just gently shakes his head. Barely, now. barely discernibly <laughs> the shakes doors his head. closed and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to see if it works. Well, I mean, would you get on a giant elevator with two men in trench coats and one woman in uh, a pleather bodysuit that is in every little crevice like she was a video game character? For smell reasons alone, no. Do not do. Not do it. So so we meet the Merovingian, who yeah. is a very charming, it's a very charming scene. Merovingian is played ridiculously Frenchly by a French actor mm-hmm. who is told to up his Frenchness for the performance. Um, and um, He shows them the secret of Vag code. <laughs> God. So tacky. Um, yeah, he, uh, he talks about how he loves to program things. I don't know what the fuck. What, what is his purpose? He's a rogue program, but I don't understand. Is he a rogue program? Yeah, that's what that's what the oracle said. Oh, okay. But I don't know what he's trying to do. She says he just wants what all men with power want, more power. But it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Actually, that line that line also worked for me. That line works, but it's like he's not a man and what is power in this <laughs> scenario? Well, he's that's what she was also explaining why he had the keymaster and and Keanu Reeves says, "Why does he have him?" And she said, because people with power only want more power. So the power is that he... Well, the keymaker, who I keep calling the keymaster, yeah. um, has a power of his own. He can open any door he wants. Ah, okay. Except apparently the door he's in. Yeah. I don't know. But he's waiting for Neo anyway, so maybe he's like, yeah, fine. But the Merovingian is essentially a well, a, a very natally dressed Jabba the Hutt, who yes. is essentially just in a rogues gallery, a cool restaurant where everyone does his bidding, and he has a bunch of cool ass henchmen who you know fight for him. Yeah, he's very charming though, and the, the actor who plays him has really good comic timing. Yeah, um, and there's one of the parts I really like is uh, during a another coat based fight sequence. <laughs> Uh, he says you have no skill, you have no discernible skill, and then uh, they all start firing at Neo, and he stops the bullets, yeah. and he drops the bullets, and the Merovingian just has like a sort of brief pause and goes, okay, you have some skill. Yeah. Uh, that actor, I mean, plays up, again, a sort of very expository role, and I mean, he does... Did I mention there were predecessors? Like, yeah, he keeps he reiterating it predecessors. Again, the movie driving that point home yeah but not its actual overall like plot let me just i'll underscore all the uh the metaphorical parts and then the parts that would help you understand what's fucks going on in this movie i will just sort of breeze by (laughs) so the merovingian also like gives a woman an orgasm with a chocolate cake yeah for another like way too long sequence yes i'm starting to get a Tarantino foot thing from the Wachowskis. Not a specific foot thing, but Tarantino's foot fetish is nigh on unignorable in his movies because mm. you're always, especially if you are like you or I, where you're like, please stop showing me dirty feet. <laughs> um, and Quentin's like, what's that? I couldn't hear you over all the feet on the <laughs> dashboard of this car. Uh, so in this movie, I feel like the Wachowskis have very specific tastes. I feel like there's a lot of raving in the first yeah. movie. There's a weird BDSM sex club that uh, right. 
Neo goes to. In this one, we've got the sweaty rave. We've got the swapping spits. Um, we've got women getting orgasms and like diving between their legs in code form. In code form, yeah. uh, while they get an orgasm from eating a chocolate cake, a chocolate mousse cake. There's just a lot of like lingeringness, and also the Monica Bellucci, no, Maria Bello uh, scene. I think, I think it is Monica Bellucci. Monica Bellucci plays Persephone. The rare classics thing. majors, am I right? What is the deal with Persephone? That was like she had to go be with Hades or something. Oh, she was the wife of Hades um, after he kidnapped her, of course. Okay. Like most marriages begin that way. Sure. Um, but yeah, she eats seven pomegranate seeds. And mm. I mean, she's also, I mean, Persephone is there theoretically unwillingly with Hades. Um, she also makes out with Orpheus at one point. No, that's not true. Monica Bellucci has an awkward, it's, it's like one of those scenes that like, People write in movies. I'm like, this is not how anyone interacts with other people. But yeah, she's she like, wants to kiss. kiss me, but kiss me like you're kissing her. I want to feel like her for a bit. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then there's this twice awkward kiss because the first kiss doesn't take. Yeah. Uh, and they have to have a longing kiss again. I'm like, who is writing this garbage? The Wachowskis. To answer my question, the Wachowskis. Um, but anyway, she takes him to the key master because she hates the Merovingian and he's cheating on her anyway. And, and she like, does it as kind of do like programs a, cheat. Yeah, it's very <laughs> confusing because she's she a program, I assume. I assume she's also a program. But she kind of does it. She does that not because she gives a shit, but because she wants to mess with the Merovingian. Like she just does it. Well, she I assume she's also not sexually satisfied by the Merovingian anymore, yeah. I guess. Do programs have genitals? Um, apparently because they can get an orgasm from a piece cake. of chocolate cake. Yeah. Oh, keep going. All right, let's go. <laughs> Furious. So we have the big giant fight scene. Um, the, be- the best line is when one of the uh, jellyfish twins uh, just says, we are getting aggra- aggravated. <laughs> yeah, I did like- kind of. I mean, I both liked and hated the jellyfish twins. I liked that they were so over it at other points. I liked that they yeah. sort of smirked. They're good. They're good, like henchmen villains. They didn't really need more backstory, and I'm right. kind of glad we didn't get it because it was just like they're just. They're I feel henchmen. like they come back in the third one though, but I might Do be they? wrong. Well, and they also have the ability to become transparent as they need to. Yeah, which, which helps them cool one trick. heal themselves if they've been shot in the arm six hundred times, or you know they can pop in and out of cars, or they can like dodge bullets that way, just turn transparent and then turn back. Yeah. Parent, and they look like the first ghost in Ghostbusters when they do that. Just nice. oh yeah, it's a little Oof. freaky. Uh, <laughs> they look like I mean video game characters again. It's a very CGI based performance. You remind me of a fight scene we sort of glossed by, which was um, when Neo goes to see the Oracle. He is oh yeah first introduced to a character named Seraph, yeah. um, who then fights him. It was like and a- it was authentication fight he wants yeah. to make sure he knows that it's him i mean it's pretty much like captcha code like prove <laughs> exactly. prove you're not a robot um but he fights him and it's this long extended fight scene um it's like our first is this our first fight scene no well i well, mean, I mean other you than get trinity, trinity blam blam blaming um and i mean you see smith a few times uh before i mean the big yeah. smith brawl but the <sighs> So they fight 
for like five minutes. And I'm like, why are you fighting? And then Seraph is like, I just had to see, you know, what did he say? You, you learn know, a lot from someone who's you don't fighting. Know, yeah, you something. don't know someone unless you fought. Fuck off. That's, That's a very like kung fu thing, I now, feel like. Now watch this segue. It was a very long extended scene between Neo and Seraph. And there's another long extended scene. Would you like to talk to us about the freeway scene? <laughs> Which I want to venture a guess is a third of this movie. It is very, very long. Maybe um, I would. I actually think a reasonable estimate would be a fifth of this movie is the freeway scene. It's, it has to be a third of the budget of this movie. I of guess gra- it's really the action climax of this movie. Yeah. No, no, it's not. Yeah, Trinity is the Trinity, action climax, yeah. while Neo has his emotional climax with the architect. Soon it to be is... Sean Connery in the remastered version. <laughs> he just replaces I'll him. tell you what, Manny Penny. You're the sixth Manny Penny. Stop bumping doing Stop bumping that. You're the sixth man, Manny Penny that's come in here. <laughs> um, Which might be true because we keep rebooting the yeah, franchise. Yeah, we keep doing that. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's not that it's not good. Like it's it's a interesting action scene, but I was very about two thirds of the way through. I was like, okay. <laughs> so let's sort of go through it really quick. Um, oh. We <laughs> we start out know. with uh, they're they're, in, the they're in a car and mm-hmm. they're being chased by the Chemical Brothers. Yes. What I assume, actually, when I think of the Chemical Brothers, what I'm imagining is the Matrix twins. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, uh huh, got it. Um, and then they're being some chased agents by the, start chasing then them. Then agents too. start chasing them. Then uh, they end up on top of a truck at some point. Uh, well, is that correct? Well, one of the cousins, cousins. Why did I say cousins? One of the cousins phases <laughs> into the uh, the the car with them. He yes, like, he like phases, which is a cool trick. He like phases out of the car he's in, and then just like. Yeah. Floats through the air into their car, and then there's like this really close quarters fight scene. Mm-hmm. The keymaster is in the back, the keymaker's in the back seat, and then uh, Gozer's in the front. Yeah, <laughs> Vigo Morpheus, the Carpathian. Morpheus is in the front, and the the ghost twin is in the back, and then Apex Trinity twin. is driving, <laughs> and he's got like a a little barber's knife, a little barber's razor. Yeah. He's got like a straight edge razor. And so there's a lot of cool like fighting there. And then eventually an agent also comes, he jumps. This is a, one of the, the, like you said, uh, I, this would be one of the tent pole stunts, I guess for, (laughs) for such, if there is such a thing where he jumps on the front of a car behind them and makes the car flip, flip. And then he jumps off of that into or onto, onto their, their, hood. their hood and then floats around for a minute and then peels the roof off. And then I don't remember what happens after that. They start shooting at well, him. He's shooting. Like, bow, bow, bow. Then eventually the, the, uh, the chemical cousin has to, uh, phase out of there. Well, it was actually a kind of clever trick cause they've established all the rules of the twins. So right. Morpheus like points his gun at him and fires and he turns transparent, which makes him fall out of the car and right. he falls into his brother's that was, car. That was pretty cool. And then they say, we are getting aggravated. Right. I feel like we missed something because that I feel like that happened. No, we're we're not done yet because then Trinity and um somehow Trinity and or uh yeah, Trinity and the keymaker end up on top of uh, a truck that's delivering motorbikes. Yes. Um while 
Lawrence Fishburne is fighting the agent on a semi-tractor trailer. Right. Uh, and uh, they grab a motorbike, steal it. The key maker's got a key for it. Exactly. A Ducati mo- uh, motorbike. Motorbike. And, uh, motorcycle. <laughs> um, Ducati they, moped. <laughs> they, and they, they zip start, over. They zip over to the, the, the thing, to the semi-tractor trailer, and Lawrence Fishburne gets them up on there. So now they're all on top of the tractor trailer. Trinity tries to... Distri- tries to oh, get, she stays on the motor. She tries to get cycle. everybody to follow her so that they'll leave him alone, but nobody falls for it. Mm-hmm. So the agent and the twins are still after them. Right. And then at some point, Trinity's going backwards down the freeway or not backwards, but she's on the wrong side of the freeway. Um, Lawrence Fishburne's getting the shit beat out of him. I guess we've lost the twins at that yeah, point. Yeah. But not the, entirely because they come back right at the they end. They come back and the twins get blowed up. Oh, no, 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 no. That's the sam- samurai sword that Lawrence Fishburne had. He cuts oh, up yeah. their car and that's when the, oh my God. It just keeps, there's so many stages to it. Yeah. And part of it, we I mean, we read that they built the highway, the freeway themselves. And so I'm sure you want to get your money's worth. There was three months of filming on it. hundred cars or something like according that. According to IMDb. Yeah. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, but it's, it goes, I mean, you, you dropped out before stuff. I did. I was like, this is really cool. And you were like, okay. And I'm like, I'm still enjoying it. And then after a while, I was like, mm, all right. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Well, it start, you start to not care about the stakes. Like, after so many explosions, you're kind of like, okay. Yeah. And, I mean, what what happens is eventually um, Morpheus comes, or uh, Neo comes, flies in, and takes them away. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He comes in at the last minute and takes them away. He got sort of lost in the Merovingian's lair at some point. Oh, and then, well, I do want to point out one thing. When he is lost the Merovingian's lair, because there, it's sort of like a trap. I mean, yeah. not really a trap, but I mean, it, when people close doors, you yeah. open doors and they go to a completely different point. He opens the door and he's in the mountains and he's talking, he's able to talk to Link and he's like, Link, where am I? And Link goes, you're not going to believe this. You're in the mountains. And he's like, where's everyone else? And he's like, they're downtown. These mountains, though, they don't look it's, like the Rocky Mountains. Swiss chalet. They look, yeah, it's like the Swiss Swiss Alps or the fucking like Himalayas. They don't look like the American frontier west. It's not the Cascades. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, yeah. what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, yeah, just 500 mi- miles due south, and that's where you'll find them. I'm like, no, that's not where he is. <laughs> uh, so it's ludicrous. Is, uh, do you agree that the... Uh, Keymaker is cute. He's a cute little. He's character. a cute little shuffling man. Um, he becomes much. I mean, we, he doesn't talk very much in the first part uh, yeah. during his like scenes. He usually just is usually popping out a key, and it's like, yeah. of course you have a key. Um, but then he becomes has a little bit more gravitas later, where he's yeah. like, here's what we got. He sort of essentially lays out what needs to happen next. Yeah. Uh, where they come up with a plan that I don't really follow. Essentially, it's like we need to have the three, the two ships that rescue Morpheus and Morpheus's ship. Which essentially is Jada Pinkett Smith, Lawrence Fishburne, and others. Yeah. Don't worry, they'll die. The the red shirt ensigns. Um, and they have to blow up a power plant to knock out a power grid of the certain area of town. Yep. And then probably of downtown. Uh, and they also have to get rid of the backup backup power. generator. And then um Something. The key maker has to like unlock yeah. a key, and they then they're in this portable portal, and then they can get to the source room. Blah blah blah. Can you help? Uh, 
They fight a bunch of Smiths. They get to the source room architect done. Yeah. Hugo Weaving, I wrote this down. Hugo Weaving is the anti-Keanu Reeves <laughs> in that he also maintains a deadpan in this movie. He rarely raises his voice, but he has this sort of wry tone that always makes his line readings fun, even though yeah, he yeah. he rarely is like, Doing anything more than just talking like this, talking in a very calm, cool, and collected tone. Me, me, me. There's a there's a really sort of campy scene where during campy. the big uh, Smith on Smith on Smith on Smith on Keanu brawl, um, he you know someone uh, one of the actual agents, one of the agents that's still plugged in, shows up uh, and he's like, "You to Agent Smith," and Agent Smith says, "Yes, me." Me, 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 and he converts him. He shoves his hand, uh, you know, Mola Ram style, <laughs> into the guy. Turns him into another Agent Smith, and that Agent Smith goes, "Me too." <laughs> I just love Hugo Weaving, and there is a scene where Hugo Weaving, right before the big fight, is talking to Keanu Reeves, and it's like watching your cat play with a bug. It's like, <laughs> stop toying with him and just kill him. <laughs> We all know you're going to win. You're acting, acting circles around him. <laughs> yeah, it's just, they're sort of in the same realm, but you're seeing someone do that deadpan thing a lot better. Yeah. And the sad thing is, I don't think that Keanu is trying to do a deadpan thing. He just is. <laughs> and Hugo Weaving sort of mopping the floor with him. What is... He's his... just so charming. And I'm going to say it, a little bit sexy. Hugo Weaving? Yeah. He looks like an alien. <laughs> yeah. But an alien who's down to fuck. He's got a crazy face. Oh, it is all angles. Yeah. It is. It's like if MC Escher was like, let's try making humans for <laughs> Um, what is Agent Smith's deal in this movie? So he's <laughs> another rogue program. Like, fucking we're like dirty with rogue programs. Oh, here. we're lousy with them. Yeah, we're filthy with them. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what his deal is here. Because he's um, not if you an agent sort of, anymore. He's yeah, I'm trying to figure out like what grid. his computer metaphor would be. And he can go into real life. Are agents also programs? Or are they something else like like McAfee virus protectors or something? No, I think they're programs because he says upgrade. When when the first time Neo fights agents, he goes, Ooh, oh, I have, a, I have a note about that. I It's just, uh-oh, comedy Keanu. <laughs> Be careful of Keanu delivering jokes. My favorite thing about this entire movie, just to sum Please. it up real quick, is that it's really just one giant PSA for workplace safety. <laughs> because one of the, uh, in the real life, one of the ship, uh, he's not a ship operator, he's just a ship crewman, runs across a catwalk and you see it's rusty and almost falling. And then he's running because the Chekhov's rusty him, catwalk. And you're like, okay, uh oh. And then the next time he comes in, <laughs> He falls, and then he falls, and like something p- impales him, and he then fall- the whole catwalk flips and impales the the <laughs> operator, which sabotages the whole thing. And it was like, what? Yeah, and I mean that kills the actual people who are plugged into the matrix as well. Right. The red shirted ensigns, um, but that, that wasn't anybody sabotage. That just happened. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah, that because then it's portrayed because at the end of the movie the big twist is that the the one uh Zionite who has been sort of taken over by one of the rogue smiths yeah. um has been saved. Has been saved. 
and may have caused the accident in the first place. I guess. But I what, guess what he did is trigger the EMP. Is Smith a computer virus? Is that what you should take it as? Maybe. But, well, I, what the accident does is it kills those people and it, it basically makes Trinity come into the... Right. It prompts thing. her to so, come in and, and fulfill the prophecy that Neo's yeah. been having in his dreams. Maybe the thing is that this time... You it's know, personal. Agent Smith causes this, but I don't know how Agent Smith caused that accident unless he made the catwalk Did he corrode the, the catwalk? I mean, I guess. He's just like got a bunch of lemons and he's like, this will <laughs> show them all. I'll start and in 30 years you guys are fucked. <laughs> uh, yeah, Trinity. So Trinity ends up dying and uh, Keanu shoves his hand in her, gives her sepsis presumably. Yeah. Fists her back to life. Um, oh my God. <laughs> uh, yes, though. I yes. Kind of. Can we talk about what are Keanu's powers or more simply what are not Keanu's powers? Well, see, this is where it gets crazy because this is we see at the very end of the movie or near the very end of the movie in real life. They're out of the Matrix. They're running away. The Nebuchadnezzar – we talked about this scene before. The Nebuchadnezzar gets blown up and then the Sentinels come after him and he stops them in real life. Yeah. Like electrocutes them. So I don't know what the fuck that's all about. And I remember being like – well, now I have to watch this dumb. Like, I I did not like this movie, but I was like, well, I guess I got to watch the third one because what the fuck is that all about? Right. But in the in the, well, also we discussed we were going to watch the third movie anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, like in in DJ, when it came, we discussed this when it came out. I mean, like DJ, when, will you talk to me after the podcast, please? <laughs> can we? Can I talk to you over here outside <laughs> outside the podcast? I'd like to pull a Fraser Crane hey. and have you walk to the very open plan kitchen with me and Excuse have me, a private uh, discussion, listeners. We need the room. <laughs> um, so inside the Matrix, I think it's less defined because his power is to manipulate the Matrix so that he can do right. He can he defy gravity and make he's his coat look weird. Only one that can fly. Right. So that's why he's the one, I guess. Well, I mean, it's not just flying. It's, you know, everything. He can stop bullets, but he can't just stop the people wielding axes at him, which is, I right. mean, and I know he can why. Pull, he, can, he can sort of pull like a, a, like a Jedi, pull weapons off the wall in the Merovingian's castle yeah. to himself, but he can't yeah, Lo- seemingly Lauren stop that. She's else. like, why didn't he just send all the weapons towards the people? And I'm like, that's a fair Great question. question. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he starts to get a little bit of Superman syndrome where he's almost overpowered he to has the point to, where I'm like, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's the what real do you reason. not do? Yeah. And I will say, I mean, I am glad you said something about the Sentinels when he stopped them. My brain, I have trouble in these movies recognizing that one is real life and one is the Matrix. I mean, I understand that. The concept. I yeah. understand the basic concept. Yeah. My brain sometimes has right. to do a little math in my brain. N- it's all not real, Damon. It's all a movie. Right. Exactly. I'm like, <laughs> but is this a matrix to me? Uh, so when he stopped the Sentinels, it's so reminiscent of the bullets thing. I'm like, I thought we already knew this. Right. But you helped me remind you reminded me that this is actually reality right. that he's now being able to control or and manipulate. It? What? Yeah. Um, but it's a little bit of. Um, because it's just an upgrade of an original power, it's a little bit like the Star Killer base in uh, <laughs> The Force Awakens, where I'm like, "What if we have an even bigger Death Star?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, I mean, it still doesn't have the same oomph that's that the, the first." Death that's Star the problem did. when you start with a Death Star. It's like, <laughs> what is bigger than that? I don't know. But like when he's planets? stopping bullets, I'm like, "Okay, that's cool." And then he stops Sentinels in real life. I'm like, "Yeah, I know." Yeah. But I mean, I guess I, I and this might just be a me problem that I have trouble recognizing that 
those are more separate than they're supposed to be. I don't know. I have trouble discerning the difference. <laughs> I have no grip because on reality. reality. Because the fake world looks more like my reality, right? And then the yeah. real world looks like another rea- like something completely foreign yeah. to me. So I'm like, yeah, I know we can do this. And I don't remember getting a super satisfactory answer to that. Oh no! And he, there's the no whole... answer why he can suddenly do it because he's like, wait a minute, I feel them, and. But I mean, even like, the, because you talk to the architect or what I remember from the third movie is what I'm talking about. Oh, like, sorry. So maybe I'm wrong because we'll, we'll watch that. We'll find out. But, but I remember being like, well, the whole reason I want to watch this is to figure out what the fuck's going on with that. And then they were like, oh, we're just going to give you a big old action movie. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, but I could be wrong. I could just be not remembering why, but anyway, you want to go to the verdict? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> okay. This seems <laughs> Actually, no. No! I'm going to rest control the podcast. DJ, what did you think? Well, this is a tough one only because... (coughs) You have a cold. This is a tough one only because I thought it was dumb when I was younger. So my inner child is not an idiot, but if you like this movie, your inner child is an idiot. This is a bad movie. Sorry. Wow. Bad movie. Worse than the first Matrix? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I liked the first Matrix. I mean, it had more issues than I remembered. There are redeeming qualities to this movie. You know, the action scenes are overwrought, uh, over CGI'd, but, you know, well choreographed, interesting, that kind of stuff. But it is a little bit like, okay. And I they got a little bit snaking its own tail with the mythology where you're like, okay. <laughs> I think there are some same things where it's like some interesting concepts where they just like, didn't know what to do with it. So they kind of went more complex, which is not always the best answer. Right there. You know, I, even though we had uh Glofo, we had Gloria Foster. <laughs> I feel, you know, her scene was a lot more, even more expository this time. And so she wasn't as much of a breath of fresh air as, as it was the first time. So I did, I feel yeah. like I, I didn't have those little bits to hang on to like I did in the first matrix where it's like, this is amazing. And it wasn't groundbreaking anymore. And like, you know, it's just, it's kind of a dumb action movie that thinks it's smart. It's kind of the most dangerous like. kind. Yeah. What did you think? I surprisingly kind of like this movie. Woo! And I will say your inner child is not an idiot. Wow. I will say, well, False. I would agree. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> uh, I would say that Gloria Foster's scene is not as charming as, as in the first one because yeah. she is a lot more maternal here. She's just like hanging out and explaining a lot of computer stuff. Yeah. Um, I do say that we have a lot more, uh, contenders for MVPs. Yeah. We still we have a thousand Agent Smiths. Um, we have the Merovingian, uh, Persephone to a lesser extent. The Keymaker's charming. I like the yeah. twins. Um, so there's a lot, and I even kind of like the architect scene more than I did in the past. Even though it's a lot of bloviating. Yeah, I could listen to that man just read me the phone book. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he's got a great voice. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there are levels of existence we are prepared to take, or whatever the hell he says. Um, and that was it. <laughs> there is, I mean, it is a stupid movie. It is. And The Matrix is also kind of a stupid movie. Um, yeah. And this one is a lot of pretty good action sequences and possibly better action sequences than the first one. Um, 
and I think the budget helps them like establish their world a little bit better. And I don't know if in 2003 I was as familiar with computers as I would be now. Right. But I am it's easier for me like, oh, okay, this is like a rogue program. This is like a computer virus. Okay, I kind of get what you're trying to say, even though it is a lot of bloviating, magniloquent bullshit. Yeah. Uh, Are there a lot of rogue programs? Is that a thing? I don't know. You could talk about old programs. I don't know. Oh, what's a rogue program? A virus? It could be a rogue program or malware is a rogue program in your computer. I guess. Working Just as so many rogue as programs. Or like cookies could be a rogue program. They're not necessarily doing something. They're not ruining your computer, but they are doing something behind the scenes that you're not aware of and maybe possibly wouldn't condone either. Data mining. Hello. Facebook ripped from the headlines much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I actually, uh, surprisingly went along with it, although it is, there are long stretches of expository dialogue and long stretches of needless fight scenes that drag on Seraph, the freeway scenes, two examples that stand out. But I will, I, 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 I did like this a little bit more because I do think it fleshed out the world and had a lot more charming characters. Keanu Reeves is still whatever the opposite of a revelation is he's still that he's <laughs> terrible and the worst thing for him really is in the first one he had no idea what the fuck was going on right, which is the right. best you can hope for from a keanu reeves performance <laughs> here he sort of knows what's going on so he's a little bit snarky and a little bit like oh here we go again yeah. and i'm like you're a terrible actor <laughs> so he's like huh i have dead eyes and, uh, you know, I feel like the relationship between him and Trinity, there's not Steamy. a lot. Yeah, there's not a lot of, like, passion there because, one, 50% of the participants are Keanu Reeves. <laughs> and, two, like, one of the, it's one, there's not a lot of dialogue between them. And it's going off of, like, the audience's goodwill for them. And there's just not a lot of chemistry between these two actors. Yeah. That That is where the movie falters, is that it's... Keanu heavy. Are you putting um, this above the original Matrix? I might have enjoyed it a little bit more than the original wow. Matrix. Wow, a little bit more. That's ridiculous. <laughs> well, we still have the third one to go for me to be absolutely <laughs> incensed. Um, I am a little disappointed in myself because I gave the original Matrix a good review, thinking I would give this one a shitty review. Yeah. So I am disappointed in that regard. So my current self is an idiot. <laughs> I think we can all accept that. <laughs> what do you think, everybody? Email us, yourinnerchildisanidiot at gmail.com. Um, you can tell us uh, what you think. You can leave us a message at 615-576-0525. We'll play it on the show if we choose. <laughs> we want to thank our current patrons, including Jacob Grimm, Corey Cummings, Brandon Hardy, Christine in Brooklyn, His Honor the Mayor, Jeremy Powlin, Joshua Nicholson, Karen Kurd, Larissa Maestro, Dan McIntyre, Ghosts in the Burbs, Jonathan Day, and our brand new Bouncing Baby patron, Just Cuz. Thank you so much. Thank you, Just. If you want to be a patron like them, patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. Um, you can find us on all the social medias oh, if yeah. you want. You want to just like you know talk to us on there? Just grab them. Yeah, Twitter, Facebook, Poke Instagram, em. and remember, you are the remainder of a sum of the equation, equation of, that is of, a, of, a, of a equation that's inherent in programming, programming or matrix. But. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>